Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 89, verses 5 through 37. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A God feared in the counsel of the holy ones, great and awesome above all that are around her. O Lord, God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exalt in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King and Queen to the Holy One of Israel. Then you spoke in a vision to your fruitful one and said, I have set the crown on one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil I have anointed him. My hand shall always remain with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I'll crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him and in my name his horn shall be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my mother, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Forever I will keep my steadfast love for him, and my covenant with him shall stand firm. I will establish his line forever and his throne as long as the heavens endure. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my ordinances, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with a rod and their iniquity with scourges. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or after the or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once and for all I have sworn by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His line shall continue forever, and his throne endure before me like the sun. It shall be established forever like the moon, and endure an enduring witness in the skies. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
Then I said, O Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 13. Now those who were scattered went from place to place, proclaiming the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he was someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened eagerly to him, because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. After being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip, and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. morning and welcome to the first Tuesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's reading from Psalm 89, uh, the long one, I was surprised to realize because I forced myself to read uh, the feminine pronouns for God, but it only happens when they are second or third person. Um, when God is referring to God's self, uh, there is no male or female gender. First person pronouns are, are I, basically. And so it, I noticed that there's only one time where God is referenced in this long passage um, as a second person as opposed to being the narrator himself. Um, the rest is about David, and it was kind of a, a, an exercise, an attentive reading <laughs> to try and remember when the he's were referring to David and whether or not they were referred to God. Um, and I hope it was as um, as helpful and, and kind of thought-provoking for, for y'all as it was for me. Um, and then Jeremiah 1, um, thinking also about uh, God not being man or woman, but, um, but also embodying the qualities of both, um, being formed in the womb um, made me think not just of Jeremiah's mother, but even of God, God's self. Um, of being formed, you know, maybe even prior to the womb. There's this uh, Greek belief that souls um, are eternal and they descend from the, the ether into a body and then they are imprisoned there and then they're released. Um, I think it's, it's uh, a it's a Christian belief, but I don't know if it's ever actually laid out. 
that in fact souls are conceived at conception, that, that we are not eternal, A. Uh, B, that the idea, the beauty of a, a, a soul, the very essence of one's being, um, uh, physically indestructible, um, that it actually is created, that the power of creation that God has given us um, can even act, can actually create not just a physical um, uh, entity, but also a a soon to be eternal entity. What I mean by that is there there's this this line from a Switchfoot song about eternity forever starts now. Um, that you know you may not be an eternal being, but once you enter into eternity, it's it's a here forward that the forever doesn't have to go all the way back but it's something that we enter into by just by the the nature of us being created um, by God and by our parents. Then finally in Acts, actually made me, Acts 8, uh, Philip preaching in Samaria. Samaria is a city, but it's also uh, an area. Um, Judea and Samaria were the two major regions um, in Israel, and uh, Rome also kind of sort of maybe used that language a little bit. Um... But it was a, it was an ex it was uh, external like second or third person um, where Samaria was at some point a part of Greater Israel. Um, eventually, Judea was really thought of as as the the saving remnant or you know the the kind of core uh, in terms of the the identity of of Jews. Um, and so when Philip goes to Samaria, it's not just a city, it also symbolizes this otherness. And Philip isn't a very well-known apostle. I, if memory serves, I think it was the brother of Peter. Um, or maybe that was Andrew. No, I think it was Philip. Anyway. Um, and he goes to this town where there's this magician. And the magician... In other stories, uh, in Acts, magicians and, and other, um, I'll say, skilled craftspeople um, take such pride in their work and, and um, take such umbrage at somebody undermining the value of their work. I think there were idol crafters in another story in Acts that, you know, somebody came in and started preaching and said, you don't need idols. And this guy's like, oh, shit, there goes my old business model. Let's get him the fuck out of town. Um, but in this case... Uh, the sorcerer, the magician, Simon, believes Philip and made me think, and I'll, I'll try not to A, spoil it, and B, talk too much about it, because I actually think it's quite fascinating, this show by Netflix called Messiah, and it follows this mysterious person. And in the show, I think it's actually really interesting. Um, you, you're forced to consider whether or not this person represents the second coming of Christ. Um, and they call him Al-Masih, which is Arabic for the Messiah. Um, and it's actually, I think it's good that when it, it, it goes back and forth quite seamlessly from e- Hebrew to Arabic to English, and it doesn't say when, and, and I always watch Netflix with subtitles because I can't hear for shit, um, but it doesn't say Allah uh, when uh, it's subtitled from Arabic into English subtitles. It just says God, because it's literally just the word for God in Arabic. As though Allah is something different from God or Yahweh. It's just a word that represents God. Anyway, um, this, you know, the, this mic drop moment is supposed to happen when it's revealed that this person actually has a, a history. 
he has a brother. He has a, uh, his parents are dead, but um, his brother was trained. He and his brother were trained by their uncle to be magicians. And he does this coin trick in one scene and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's, it's insinuated that when he does certain things that seem miraculous, he's really just being a magician. Um, but it's this line from Acts stood out. Even Simon himself believed. Um, and he had practiced magic and, and he was really good at it. People in Samaria really uh, were amazed at Simon's magic. Um, but even this magician believed. And the nature of magic it makes me think of um, Fool, this Penn and Teller show that I only I see every now and then on YouTube. And they, uh, Penn and Teller are great because they say um, magic, um, magic is a choice. It's not about, um, it's it's not about you know making you believe that something impossible happened. It's inviting you to believe that that you that you um, that something's going on that you don't quite grasp. And Penn had this. Um, uh, show for some time about debunking myths and everything and through this whole show messiah if you watch carefully he never insists that anybody do anything other than what they want to do so there's this one miracle i have in mind and he says really frankly you're going to see what you want to see i'm about to show you a mirror and a lot of people believe a lot of people you know, think it's just a magic trick, and when it comes out that he was trained as a magician, that furthers their their disbelief. Um, but magic and faith are very similar. They're an invitation to live in a world where you can't explain things, but you are amazed by them, and you can choose to be amazed, or you can choose um, to hold on to what you think you know and what you want to know and what what doesn't fit you push out and you know you you're you're the eternal skeptic um philip um made me think of this messiah person or or one of his friends um that you know encourages others to believe and this magician who should who may recognize tricks of hand or sleights of hand and misdirection, maybe, this magician seems to choose to believe. Um, and we, the, the, the viewers, the believers, or the, at least the, the public, has a similar choice to believe, to, to step into this world where we might not know, but we, we accept it and, and kind of revel in it, or we choose not to. We choose to um, hold fast to what we think we know and not open ourselves up to um, to what might be. And I think the, the, the good news um, is very much about this invitation um, to take for yourself, uh, take the reins of your own life into your own hands um, and invite you to let go, to invite you to um, see how this grand... Um, you know, opera kind of plays out, not just of your life, but of the the very life and traditions and rhythms of the church. And I hope that um, my listeners, that, that you continue to do so, 
um, and uh, revel in this, this, the magic uh, and the, the disbelief uh, that we call Christian faith. Prayer by Abraham Heschel. To pray is to take notice of the wonder, to regain the sense of the mystery that animates all beings, the divine margin in all attainments. Prayer is our humble answer to the inconceivable surprise of living. It is all we can offer in return for the mystery by which we live. Who is worthy to be present at the constant unfolding of time? Amidst the meditation of mountains, the humility of flowers wiser than all alphabets, clouds that die constantly for the sake of beauty, we are hating and hunting and hurting. Suddenly we feel ashamed of our clashes and complaints in the face of the tacit greatness in nature. It is so embarrassing to live. How strange we are in the world and how presumptuous our doings. Only one response can maintain us gratefulness for witnessing the wonder, for the gift of our unearned right to serve, to adore, and to fulfill. It is gratefulness which makes the soul great. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.